Thank you. Yeah, so I actually have a few kids that I've talked to. You guys can come on up. Um, these kids, their life has been changed at youth camp, right? Andy Lynn, Tori, yeah, yeah, okay, thank you. Um, so something we're really passionate about is activating our kids um, to hearing God's voice and hearing God's voice for other people. So they all have um, had the week to seek the Lord on some words of knowledge and prophetic words. So we're going to let them run with it for a minute. You get to go first. Go Andy Lynn. Okay, so um, when I was doing this, when I was like uh, entering into like the secret place, just trying to like talk to the Lord, um, I heard the birthday or April 22nd. Is that anyone's birthday? Cool, yes. Can you, can you go and stand up? I have a word for you. So what I heard, ooh, someone's calling me. <laughs> um, so I heard um, the pace of your life is changing. So um, I don't know if, what in relation that is, if that's to your work, your family, your like, time with the Lord, your pace of your life is changing. And I see um, you're going to have more time to just be able to like get enter into that secret place and be able to have more time with the Lord. And um, I heard that the spot you're in, you are unsure on what the next step is. And I feel like with that change of pace, God is going to really, really pour into that. And you're going you're to be able to see what the answer is. And it's going to become very evident. Um, I feel like... Uh, you've been given many, many different times of encountering the Lord, and I feel like with this uh, change of pace, he's going to change you into a fire seeker. That's the word I heard, and um, he's going to give you opportunities to really cherish this time. I also feel like God is giving you a boldness uh, through this time, and you're going to be able to cross that chicken line more. You're going to be able to overcome and overcome things that you necessarily did not believe in, and uh, yeah. So boldness. <laughs> then I have one more. Um, uh, I hear that God is going to give you a spirit of freeness through this time. And he's just going to, your, your spirit's really going to come free. And then I have one more for uh, another person. Um, can right next to Grace, you're, yep, you. <laughs> Can you go ahead and stand up? I've heard for you too. So during worship, this is when I got this one, and I saw a cloud, and it was just in the sky, and um, it was blocking the sunlight, and I just saw the clouds just parting, and God's just really, really shining on you right now, and he's going to shine um, on certain parts of your life that you did not necessarily see God in, and um, it's just going to be really powerful. And I got two specific words for you, too. I got passion and courage, and um, I just see those becoming uh, really, really, like, you're really going to see that. Um, yep. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. That was so good. Okay, so I'm going to be, hopefully, short. Yes. Um, so is there someone in here named Sam or Samuel? All right. <laughs> um, if, if there is someone um, listening through live stream or whatever, 
Um, I just hear that there's a newness and a brand new breath being breathed into your life right now. Like there's a literal rushing wind that's coming through you. Um, and it's like almost threatening to like literally blow you over and like just rush through your whole life. Um, there's a tangible favor on your life with man. God wants to come alongside you. And he's actively changing the hearts of those around you to work for your good and work in your work in your favor. So I just like release that in general over the room, that there's a general rushing wind that's coming through this place that's going to sweep and like really change lives. Um, is there a Tony or an Anthony in here? All right, two for two. Um, there's also a redemption available for... Tony's there. there is a Tony. Hi, Tony. Hey. Um, I just hear that there's like a redemption available for you right now, that there can be like a shifting and a change that takes place um, in your life right now, like almost like a cleansing and a refreshing. Um, and I just really like to like agree and w- agree with you in prayer for that. Like there, there's like a like a like a cleaning almost. I don't know. I don't know the best way to describe that. Um, but that's just what I hear God saying over your life is, is that there's like a cleaning and a cleansing and a bringing back to like center almost. Um, is there a William or a Will in here? Double checking. All right. Um, I just. All right. And that was it. That one was specific. Hey, we celebrate risk, right? We celebrate that. Way to go, Zach. I'm actually going to go two down from Tony. The woman in the pink shirt, can you stand up? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I hear the Lord saying there's a restoration of peace coming to your home, and I saw a dove landing on your roof. Um, What's so cool about the Lord is not only does he restore, but he elevates, and there's an elevation coming, and I saw you, like, you're back, and you were in that shirt, and you were looking out over the mountain, and you were on a plateau, and the plateau where you were on, you thought it was the top of the mountain, and the Lord is bringing bringing you into an understanding that there's still more of your mountain to climb. And is there a Bailey in this room, or someone with a daughter named Bailey? Granddaughter? Um... I just want to look, then I guess this is for you. Um, God saw her dancing in the valley, and the Lord woke me up um, and wouldn't let me go to bed on Monday night because I was thinking about the song, Raise a Hallelujah in the Presence of My Enemies. And I think what's so cool about the word hallelujah is it's a direct recognition of praise and thankfulness of not only what he's done, but what he's going to do. And he's so proud of your granddaughter's yes, and I just feel like the spirit of worship is on her, and her worship's really powerful, and it's going to bring a lot of breakthrough and dance especially for her. Yeah, let's just celebrate them. Good job, guys. You can go. (laughs) Yeah, that's so encouraging. So encouraging. That's why we do this. Um, Before I jump in, I promise like 10, 15 minutes, I won't keep you forever. But um, the girl sitting next to Nick, can you stand up? I don't know you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I saw you during worship, and I saw, like, a picture of an unwound cassette tape. Yes, I know what that is. I know I'm young, but I know. (laughs) Um, And it was just, it was all tangled up, and it was, like, overwhelming. And I, I saw that, like, that's how you see your life or your past. And God is, like, not only does he restore, but he creates new. He's upgraded since then, and we don't even use that anymore. So you get to go into all this, like he's creating you a new life. Like don't look back. And then I see, um, I just saw the word compassion over you. Like you have such a heart for people. Like God has actually given you part of his heart for his people. Um, And to press into that and to seek his face. And that is your weapon. 
Um, I saw, so the verse, um, Matthew 22, 37, it says, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. And I just want to make you aware that the word passion means barely controllable emotion. Like that is what's coming out of you. That's what people are drawn to within you. And that's what you get to release on people is that passion that you get from the secret place and seeking Jesus. So bless you. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, God's so good. Um, whew. We're going to talk about, about dreaming because that's kind of been in the state that I've been in the past, like, really eight months. But since we took over the youth in January, I've just been in this constant state of wanting more for my life, wanting more, like, seeking into what that looks like. So um, I want to ask you guys, when you were kids, what did you want to be when you grew up? When did, what did you want to be when you got big? I want you to take a minute and share that with your neighbor. So think about it. Tell your neighbor. It's awesome that I can hear so many laughs. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> um, yeah, so how many of you guys said, like, superheroes or princess or, like, today's heroes, policemen, firemen, like, that kind of thing? Did any of you say that? A few? Like, you wanted to be a hero, princess, not princess for you guys, uh, but today's heroes, like, doctors, veteran, veterinarians, like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I, when I was a kid, I remember always telling my mom that I wanted to be a gymnast. I was the kid like on the soccer team that I was like doing cartwheels in the goalie because I didn't want to be in soccer. I wanted to be a gymnast. Like I had my eyes on one thing and it was what I enjoyed. And um, then I remember as I got older, I always loved school which is shocking. Um, <laughs> I did. I love school. I love learning. And I remember this moment in sixth grade that I told my teacher, I was like, I want to do what you do one day. Like, I want to do that. They just always seem to have the answer to every question, right? At least they tell you they do. Um, and she gave me this chart that day when I told her that. And she was like, you may not want to do what we do. And she gave me this chart that has like their pay and what you start off getting paid and that it like barely increases throughout the years. So basically from that moment, someone told me because of money, I shouldn't do what I was passionate about. And someone along the way probably told you that you need to find something that, that makes you the most money that no matter what you like wanna do or what you're passionate about, like they steer you away from this stuff. Um, and I work at a daycare, for those of you who don't know, so a few months ago, I asked all of my preschoolers and my pre-K kids what they wanted to be when they got big. And most of the answers were Anna, Elsa, Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, 
all this stuff, firefighter, want to be a policeman. Uh, not that there weren't, like, I had a couple kids. <laughs> one kid said, I want to be a puppy. Um, <laughs> one wanted to be a fire truck, not a fireman, a fire truck. I'm like, sweet. Um, but it's stuff that they're passionate about. Um, it's not something that they, they just want to do to pay the bills. Like, that's not what they're thinking. Someone in your life taught you that you couldn't be that superhero or a princess. They stole your dream of being that superhero. When kids are little, they, they want to be Superman. They don't want to be the bystander. You know, when, when you see kids play dress up, they're like fighting over who's going to be the, the most powerful superhero. They're not like on the side of the caution tape, not paying attention, right? They're just being a bystander. They want to be a part of the action. They want to actually do something. They want to make a difference. You know, and I want to dream God-sized dreams, not average dreams. I want some of my passions, like I want to end homelessness. I want to create a overseas adoptive blocks and maybe call it Adopt-A-Village. I can tell you more about it later. Um, I want to live on 10% of my income and give away the rest. You know, maybe, maybe you want to be president. Maybe you, that's right, Tori. Tori's going to be president one day. Um, maybe you want to create jobs for people coming out of addiction and sex trafficking or change the education system. Like, whatever it may be, it just needs to be more than living for the weekends. And I feel like, especially like in today's age, we are just so living for the weekend. And I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> you know, I feel like, I feel like our culture has completely stripped creativity from our children. So now we have a generation that's spending tons of money on school only to keep changing their major and to end up in a minimum wage job or doing something that they're not even, like they're not caring about, they don't care because they can't even think for themselves anymore. And we need to stop this. Like we need to stop that. That's why we're so passionate about, about teaching our youth and our kids to dream big because the creativity, like we are... We are in direct contact, direct line to the creator. Why are we, why are we settling? <laughs> like he has so many creative options. We just have to tune our ears to hear him. You know, all of the people that have, have gone before us, the, the John G. Lakes, the Smith Wigglesworth, the Heidi Baker, the Bill Johnsons, these people, they knew that living life with Jesus was supposed to look different. And so they pressed in until they could find what looks different. They pressed and they saw his face, and, and they felt like they had something worth sharing. So, like, you have something worth sharing. You have a message that someone needs to hear. Like, I need you to hear me. Like, you have a message that someone needs to hear. And we're made to dream big. We're made, we, we're made to be great. I was at a friend's house a couple months ago, and I was watching her kids play, and I was having a conversation with her, and her five-year-old son was on the trampoline, and we were just watching him in the backyard, and he was like, Mom, Mom, and he kept interrupting us. Mom, Mom, look at me, look at me, look at what I can do, and he's just like jumping from his feet to his knees on the trampoline, but he's so geeked about it, he's just like, Mom, 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 come on, look at me, look at me, look at how great I am. When did we get to the point where we can't say, guys, look at me, look what I can do? Like, that is childlike faith. That's what's being a child. He's no shame. There's no shame in that. He's so proud of himself. 
You know, we want people to see the greatness that's in us, and that's okay. Being great is not arrogant as long as you don't forget the source, you know? You know, we aren't great without Jesus. He was the perfect example of showing us how to be great. You know, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And guess what? That was before Jesus did anything. That was before he performed any miracle, before he did anything. He just knew who his daddy was. Like, that's, all, that's it. That's why we get to be great is because we have a daddy that's really great. You know, when, before Jesus started uh, doing miracles, his daddy was so excited to watch it all happen and watch it unfold. But before those days, I'm sure Jesus was, or God was just as excited when Jesus was a carpenter, when he was making a really sweet chair, carving a cool design in it. God was like, yes, like I love that. He was so stoked about everything that Jesus did because, because he's proud of him. He's his son. He made him to be great. You know, another way to think about it is when your kid draws you a picture and you put it on your refrigerator for everyone to see, all your friends and family to see because you're proud of them. You know, it's showing off the family greatness. Um, even the disciples argued over the, who was the greatest, right? And not that we should compare ourselves, um, but there is a part of our nature that longs to be great and to stand apart from the crowd. Um, but greatness in the kingdom looks different than being great in the world. You know, the synonyms for the word great are significant, extraordinary, noble, special, and important. And I thought that was so funny because the first word I create with the word great is best. Like, that's what I think of when I think of great. And maybe that's just wrong thinking. Um, <laughs> but, but I just thought it was like being good at a task or a hobby, you know, but it's way more about your character and your identity. And um, yeah, and there's greatness inside of you that is waiting to burst out. You aren't made to be mediocre in any area of life. And knowing that you're created for greatness is being childlike. You know, it's what Jesus talked about in Matthew 18, 3 and 4. He says, learn this well. Unless you dramatically change the way of your thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like this child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom realm. And, you know, the first word I think of to describe a child isn't necessarily humble, <laughs> you know? Like, like, I just shared the story about, about this kid who's like, Mom, look at me. But I think that's where, in that scripture, it also says to change your way of thinking. Like, I think we have the wrong sense of what humility actually is, you know? Like, true humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but of thinking of yourself less. I said that right. Um, you know, it's not thinking like, oh, so, so lowly of yourself, like I'm not worth anything, but it's knowing to who you belong and that you're nothing without Jesus, but everything with him. You know, being childlike is being unaware of anything or anyone around you and having no shame. Um, one of my favorite things to do at work is to watch my kids when they don't know I'm watching them. And I have this little girl, we have a mirror on our wall. And this little girl, she's about one and a half. And the other day, she was like walking past it, just walking. And she's like, just smiles. And then she's like making some hilarious face at herself. And she's just like strutting her stuff. And I was like, yes, like this is it. 
this is it. This is who we're supposed to be. That little girl knows who she is. She knows that she's great, and she has zero care what anyone thought about her. Zero care. She's not ashamed. She's just her. Um, you know, we're not made to look like anyone else is the thing. There's no shame because we're not made to look like someone else. And, you know, people, culture, like all of that stuff is not our standard. Our only standard is Jesus. And he thinks I'm great. And I need you to understand that, that you are not made for an average life. Like you get to dream big. Like it's, it's, it's our joy to dream big. You know, you're not made for an ordinary life to just, to just own a house, to have a nice car, to have a family, to go to work, come home. Like that can't be it. Like we don't want to be selfish here. Like, it's more than that. We got to dream things that are, that are bigger than ourselves, bigger than that, what's right in front of us. Like, let's dream things that can change our city, that can change our nation, that like, can change things. Like, don't think about, it's not about you, you know, it's not thinking of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, but, but you know that you're great because you know who your daddy is. Jeremiah 10:23 says, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It's not for them to direct their steps. You know, just ask him. <laughs> just ask your creator. He has so many good ideas to give you. Like, he's ready. He's ready. He longs to give you these ideas. He longs for you to make a change in your life, to, to step towards what he has for you. It's, it's unthinkable, all the good things that he has for you. You know, he will guide your every step, your every thought, your every decision. God-sized dreams are bigger than you. And, and in case anyone has ever told you differently, dreams do need to come true. Like, it's not just, it's not fairy tale. That's not what I'm talking about. It's, it's God-sized dreams are meant to come true. Yeah, so I just want to encourage you guys like, if it doesn't seem impossible, dream bigger. All right? Um, we have some declarations that we're going to all do together. So if you guys can stand up with me. I think we got them. Yeah. We're going to say these together because declarations, they, they do something. They not only change your mind, but they actually affect your heart. They affect your life. Your words have power. So, so in our youth group, we have been very intentional um, since January about encouraging our kids to, to do declarations like every day. We did a 21-day thing, and we actually stayed on them about it. Like we were all doing it, and they actually saw fruit in their lives from it. Just ask them. You know, we had kids, we had testimonies of kids. They were like, I was doing declarations at school, and my friend came up to me, and she asked me what I was doing, and I told her about it. And she's like, that sounds awesome. I want to do that because it's just changing your mind. You know? So let's say it, these. I am God's favorite. He trusts me with his name. God created me on purpose. I was born to be significant. I will always have more than enough. God can't help but bless me. I am one of a kind, and I cannot be someone else. I am great. Say that again. I am great. Do you believe it? One more time. I am great. Thank you.
awesome. And so um, if we